got another episode of understanding the nursing game podcast i had a very 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 special guest with me in the building today but before i get to my lovely guest let's go to the quote of today all right ask god for forgiveness and leave your regrets in the past hey i'm gonna read it again somebody else need to hear that ask god for forgiveness and leave your regrets in the past that's by rihanna I don't know what she had going on, but I know me. I'd have had some uh, trials and tribulations and some shortcomings in my life. And uh, guess what? I have had to learn how to forgive myself because, you know, those mistakes, they can be costly at times. And um, most times at night when you make a mistake in real life, you have to go back and fix it. And then you have to learn how to move accordingly in the future. And so somebody um somebody is in nursing school right now. They just flunked. They first class. They was an A all A student and they got in nursing school. And they flunked their first class. Guess what? You need to forgive yourself. It's gonna be all right. The majority of the nurses that you see flunk the class. They just ain't gonna tell you. But I'll be the one to tell you. They flunked that class with flying colors and had to redo it. So uh take life one day at a time. Be easy on yourself. Just try to do better than this time. So, hey, that's my uh, words of advice to the day. I got, I stepped off my soapbox. If anybody want to send me some money, just send me a nice little DM. I do take cash, money order, Venmo, and cash out. Thank you. But uh, yes, yeah, so we're gonna get to the lovely guest for today. I got Miss uh Miss Jazz Jasmine Jared. Is that correct? Yes, that is All correct. Right. Hey, that's right. That's right. I just want to make sure I'm correct. I don't want to call you by no no other last name but your own. You came uh, correct. That's right. That's right. So uh, I want you to tell everybody, you know, where you're from. My name is Jasmine. Um, I'm a family nurse practitioner. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, born and raised. Louisville. Okay. All right. So I got to ask you now. You from the black side or the white side? I'm from the black side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for the black now, I got a question. Now, I went down to the Muhammad Ali Museum. Have you ever been down? I have, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's been, I was little. Oh, you was little? Oh, wow. It's been around that long? Yeah, it, it's been a while. But I heard they had some changes. I need to go back. Yeah, I um, I went down there, I want to say it was like Labor Day weekend, 2021. Oh. Yeah, Labor Day 2021. Nice, beautiful uh, museum. Anybody that's in Louisville, go by there, downtown Louisville. You can't miss it. It's a nice, nice museum. Very cheap, but it, it's filled with information. And you won't be mm-hmm. disappointed at all. You and right. so I know you probably don't know this, but I already, uh, I had interviewed another young nurse from uh, Louisville. Her name was uh, Miss Andrew. No, Adrian. Oh, you know yeah. her? I know Adrian. Oh. I listened to it. Oh, you did? Oh. I did, Barry. 
Boy, hey, that's funny how things roll around just like that. Okay, all right then. Well, hey, mm-hmm. this should be a great interview. So uh, tell everybody what, what got you into nursing. Well, funny story is my grandmother's a nurse. My mom is a nurse. My big sister's a nurse. Aunt. I come from a long line of nurses, so it's pretty much all I knew. Mm. Uh, and then I was actually a teen mom, so I had my first baby at 16. And when I was in the hospital, I just remember like the care that I got and like they treated me a little bit different because I was a young black teen mom. And I just remember thinking like, I want to go into labor and delivery. So that way, if there's any other like untraditional or non-traditional parents that need to be taken care of, like I'll show them how they need to be treated and not like discriminated against. So. All right. Hey, that's a great story. You know, most time that people that uh, get into nursing, it's one or two things. It's, uh, it's something that they kind of fell into, meaning they had another major in mind and then they changed it to nursing or either they mm-hmm. come from a long lineage of nurses or medical professionals. So, um, you know, for you to have your grandmama and um, your mom and then uh, your sister as a nurse and then you're a nurse, I mean, it's almost... It seems like nursing is in your blood, which is a big thing. Now, I got to go ahead and touch on that. I'm going to go ahead and go here. Oh, you said something okay. about um, about the disparities that you received, uh, disparities while you was in the hospital with your first child. You know, would you mm-hmm. like to elaborate on uh, what you feel like was um, lacking? Compassion, for sure. I could tell that those nurses were tired. They, they talked to me like I was a, I don't even know, like just a, a kid, but not a kid who was about to become a parent. So there's a big difference between, I get it. I was a kid. I was 16, but I needed to be treated like a, a female who was about to become a mother. So, you know, when it comes to teaching me how to do certain holds for breastfeeding, you know, I didn't get that. They were just kind of like, are you going to breastfeed or not? And then they were surprised. You could tell they were surprised when I said I was wanting to breastfeed or, um, you know, like not letting the father sign the birth certificate. I don't know why that was a thing that he wasn't able to sign the birth certificate. And he was saying, I'm the dad. I'm saying he's the dad. But because we were underage, there was no signing of the birth certificate and they weren't really and that wasn't a law that the nurses made or a policy that the nurses made, but they weren't very uh, sensitive to why I was so freaked out when that happened um, because I had to leave the hospital and we had to like establish paternity and all of this crazy stuff that didn't need to go on because he could have just signed the birth certificate there. Um, but anyway, I felt like when they talked to me, they weren't dumbing it down like in layman's terms. They were dumbing it down because they thought I was dumb. I got pregnant, which was unfortunate. But I was no in no way, shape or form dumb. I was an honor roll student, you know, co-captain of the cheerleading team. Like I was all these good things. I, I didn't come from like an impoverished family. So I won't say that like I came from the struggle where I was uneducated or anything like that. It was just an unfortunate circumstance. Um, birth control didn't work. So Great. I just felt very discriminated against. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you was all uh, that you shared that because um, from my understanding, you're probably not the first mom that went through that and you and I'm you most certainly isn't the last mom I think I just uh had made a story about somebody had um a young mom had had a child or whatever and she died at the hospital like 
within a couple of days of having uh, having the child because of you know the family mm-hmm. feel like she received less than care. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to black moms, I'm I was just thinking of myself like maybe we need to um, work with the moms or develop some type of network between black moms and maybe black professionals because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times I think. When it comes to the human-to-human interaction, if one human can see a lot of themselves in another, then they're more they're more uh, amped to help them out, whatever circumstance it is. So, you know, I think um, you know that that could be a um, what they say in entrepreneurial world that could be a problem that could be solved. A uh, solution could be brought, you know, to where hey, you can uh, if you feel it any kind of way. You can reach out to this uh call this hotline or something like that, and they can help be an uh, advocate for you or something like that. I don't know, but uh, I'm just I love the idea. you love the idea. Well, hey, there you go. You got a million dollar idea right there. So you know, I'm just, I'm just I'm just uh you know just thinking about it out out top of my head. Cause I remember when I had my first child, my um my oldest girl, she did um I don't think she was latching on to the breast like mm-hmm. she was supposed to, and with a First time mom and the child crying a lot and a lot of stuff going on emotionally, you know, um, things can be a miss. And sometimes mm-hmm. you can have that one person that can come in and just make a difference and kind of settle things down. And then a lot of times that's all you need. You just need somebody to come and share some knowledge with you. Yeah, absolutely. I think labor and delivery, no matter how old you are when you have your baby, that's the most intimate time of your life. It could be the most embarrassing time of your life, the most anxious you have ever been or ever will be. Um, And so it's important to have compassionate, caring and patient people taking care of you while you're in those moments. Not having that the first time around was like definitely a big driving force in why I later became a labor and delivery nurse. Okay. All right. Now, uh, what school did you go to? I went to the University of Louisville. Okay, okay. So you stayed at home, and uh, yeah, went there. I had a baby, so I needed support. Gotcha. No problem. No problem. I would like to say the University of Louisville is a PWI. It is. It is. All right. All right. Then, so um, I would love to hear your uh, experience going to and graduating from uh, U U of L, as they say. Well, that was not my plan. Um, my plan originally was pre-baby was to go to Howard University in Washington, D.C. That was my goal. That's where my sister went. And I knew that that's where I wanted to go. Right. Mm. Um, had a baby. And I needed to stay home with family. Going to a PWI. I will say that the biggest benefit that I think that I had was that I was awarded a minority scholarship. It was called the Woodford R. Porter Scholarship. And so I went to school on a full ride academic scholarship for being a black female with, um, I think I had like 3.5 GPA or something. Um, So yeah, I went to college for free all four years. So that helps out a lot. And then where I think I felt a sense of belonging was my freshman year, I joined a diversity recruitment recognized student organization. At the time it was called Aviators, but it was for diversity recruitment, minority students, I would give tours to like predominantly black or Hispanic or whatever schools around um, UofL, like high schools. Uh, And then in that, I got to meet a lot of 
teen moms who also thought that like they couldn't go to a big university. They thought they would have to go to one of the community colleges to make it work. So I felt like, and I was the only one who was like a teen mom that was part of the diversity recruitment. And here's the thing, diversity means a lot more than just race, right? Like people come from all types of backgrounds. So being like the face of like being a young parent and still being able to go to a four year university was like big. I think that I was able to touch a lot of people um, doing that. So I think that I went to a predominantly black high school. Like here we joke like it's the HBCU of high schools. Um, It's actually the high school where Muhammad Ali graduated from. The Louisville Central High School Magnet Career Academy. That's our island. (laughs) So um, anyway, I got the I got to be around a lot of like my people in high school. So going to U to U of L was like a lot different. You know, like homecoming was very PWI type of homecomings. You know, not a lot of black performers that came and things like that. But I think the highlight was like of being a minority there was definitely diversity recruitment, being a part of that RSO and then being a Wood for our Porter Scholar. It opened up a lot of doors for me. Okay. All right. Hey, that, that's awesome. So, you know, I got to hit you with a question now. I got I got a good question for you. You ready? I'm ready. Now, you know, I, I you know, the audience that I cater towards is predominantly black, but I, it's a, it's a big uh, Latina uh, community that's, um, that listen in as well. So for those that come from a, um, Minority school, like you said, the HBCUs of Louisville or whatever, or the high school. You know, what's some mm-hmm. words or advice you would give that that young black lady that's in high school and she's going, she's gonna be going out to a PD, PWI? What's some words or advice you would give to that young lady? Stay true to yourself. You do not have to code switch. I know we, a lot of people have said like, oh, I know how to code switch. You don't know how. You don't have to know how to code switch. You don't have to code switch. It's okay to be many different versions of yourselves. We are multidimensional people. Just because you're black, just because you're white, just because you're Latina, just because you know you American Indian, it doesn't matter. Be whoever you are and stay true to that. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. You still have a conscience that you have to make sure it's clear at the end of the day. I don't like going home feeling like I took off a face when I got home or I took off a whole different personality when I got home. I like knowing that when I step back in my house, I'm the same person that I was out there. So even though it might be a different surrounding, being around people who don't look like you or people who don't come from where you come from, be proud of who you are. Be proud of where you come from. Be proud of your life experiences, because at the end of the day, if we were all the same, the world would be a boring place, to be honest. So uh, sharing your experiences might just uplift somebody else, even if they don't look like you. You are totally correct. I work in California, right? So mm-hmm. I can't hide my sudden drop. And so I, I, you know, I go to work or whatever. You uh, know, mm-hmm. I work around predominantly um white folks. Mm-hmm. And um, I work in Napa. Cool as I, I just love Napa out of all the other places in the Bay Area. Yeah. And Napa is like 0.6%. It's like less than 1% of blacks in Napa. In Napa. Damn. Wow, so, you know I'm probably the only black male nurse in the building, right? So, and when when I got there, I ain't do no cold sweet. I just I just I'm just myself, and I learned to be myself as I got more comfortable 
as a nurse. Mm-hmm. I never did code switch. Cause I, I, I'm like black and white. You know, I'm a black, I'm very black and white. So, you know, uh, to mm-hmm. whoever listening in, like she said, you ain't got to code switch, man. That ain't, hey, hey, just be yourself, be yourself, and you know, make sure you're doing your job. And then you're doing your job, everything else gonna take care of, take care of itself. Okay, literally, the people who are for you, they're gonna gravitate to you, and that's oh, all that matters. You ain't lying. You ain't lying. The people who ain't for you, they won't be around. But that's good, right? That's right. That's right. Now you you kind of um speak the part of being an L and D nurse. Now I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't only met one other black L and D nurse. So, you know, you got to tell me about your experience, your first day on the job, uh, how you got into the LED uh, setting and uh, things of that nature. Because um, I'm sure it's somebody out there that want to do L&D, but, and, and they are a minority. So they, I want to hear what, how you got in now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first message I want to put out there for people is that when, you get, when you're in nursing school, and I'm sure you might have heard this too, Barry, is that you got to do two years of med search first, right? Did you hear that? Yes, I did. And I knew that was a damn lie. Right. Yes. So I would hear that. I would tell people in my dream, like, oh, I want to be an L&D nurse. And they're like, oh, you need to go to med search first. I never, I've never worked in med search before in my life. And it's for some people. I already knew it wasn't for me. So anyway, um, I led with that to say that it is not impossible to go straight out of school into L&D. And I didn't see any problems with my, like, I didn't have any, like, failures in my career as an L&D nurse based on the fact that I didn't have med surge experience first. So that's number one. But how I got into it was that while I was in nursing school, I worked on a mother baby floor, PRN, at a different hospital. And I thought, I, I just applied for the job as a CNA. I was a CNA and I got the job. Um, and I liked mother baby because that's what I thought I wanted to do originally. But then one day I had to go float over to labor and delivery for whatever reason. And I was like, no, this is it. This is what I want to do. So another hospital system was offering like an externship program. So it was like a 14 week externship program. You got paid like $16 an hour or something, which at the time was more than what CNAs were making. And so I got to do like some hands-on learning for the whole summer. I applied for that program for the labor and delivery externship program. I got it. And so I did a summer externship program and that was like my foot in the door. And when I was there, I was trying to show that I was so willing to learn that I want to learn as much as I could while I was there to really see if like L&D was for me. And I guess I made a good impression because they kept me on throughout like my last semester of nursing school. I stayed on as like a CNA and I really did like CNA stuff on the sister unit, which was antepartum. So it's uh, like high risk pregnancy, people who are still pregnant, but have like med surgery problems. So anyway, um, after I graduated, they offered me a position as an L&D nurse. So I think really a big thing that I would I want people to take away from that is just like making those connections and going for those opportunities. Even if you've been at the same job for forever, you know, working as a CNA or working as a waitress or however you get into it while you're in nursing school. Like try to make those connections, um, even if you've got to pick a PRN job at the hospital doing what you want to do. Make sure you know that's what you want to do. If I didn't do that externship in L&D, you know, I probably would have became a mother baby nurse because that's what I thought I wanted to do until I went to L&D. Gotcha. Hey, great advice. Great advice. I want to piggyback on what you just said. I was a miss. I, well, 
while I was in nursing school, I wanted to be an operating room nurse. Of course, in Alabama, they didn't quite give me an opportunity, you know, uh, for whatever reason. And I joined like the Association of Operating Room Nurses. And uh, mm-hmm. I joined that. And then I learned about internships. And that, that's how I was able to get in at uh, Vanderbilt Operating Room Internship. And I got in there, did a couple of years, and then I moved out to California. So for anybody that's tuning in, you know, uh, internships, that, that's an excellent way to get into the setting that you want to do. And I'm going to tell you why you're in nursing school. Go to the right. You don't go ahead and join. You want to be like an ICU nurse? Join, mm-hmm. get, get among the ICU nurses. You know, join the ICU nurse uh, association. And then that way you can get among them and then... You could try to, uh, you know, come in. You might can come in a couple of days while you on on school break, get to know people, things like like that. They call it uh networking. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it. So um, yes, yes. Um, networking is huge. It, it especially in nursing because you can find some great jobs in nursing if you know mm-hmm. the right people. Now yeah. we're gonna go back to you. Now uh, you know you 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 became an LED nurse. But I don't, you you didn't stop there. You you went on back to school. So uh, tell us the reason why you went back for uh, NP and then um, you know you know how you how are you servicing your patients now? Well, let's see. So let's start it. I think I just wanted more education. Uh, I worked closely with the it's called the Most program uh, at the hospital system that I was at. It's like maternal opiate substance treatment is for like uh basically substance or mothers pregnant moms who are like who have had like substance um treatment or whatever on like opiates so just watching like some of the maternal fetal medicine doctors and nurse practitioners talk to those patients and like it just seemed like they were like freaking jimmy neutron like their heads we're just so filled with information. And I remember thinking like, man, I want to be informed that way. Like I want to be able to give patient education in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, it sparked me to like, want to get a better education. So I thought initially I wanted to go back for women's health nurse practitioner because I couldn't see myself doing anything other than uh, women's health type deals. But I ended up going back for family nurse practitioner um, after I had worked as a home health nurse for a little bit and decided that I really liked like knowing a broad spectrum of things, right? So I applied to the first school when I still thought I wanted to do women's health MP and I didn't get in. And I was so upset because I was like a A, B student in nursing school. So I was so upset that I didn't get in the first school, but it worked out how it was supposed to, because like I said, that was a women's health nurse practitioner program. And later, a few months later, I applied to a family nurse practitioner program that was in class, which worked better for me. And I got in. But I think like, sorry, back to your question. I think that my main thing is just wanting to be knowledgeable. And I love, love, love patient education. I love. Um, well, here's the thing. Here's the, when you're dealing with labor and delivery and people have lots of questions about their vagina. You uh, hear a lot of like misconceptions, especially in the black community. I think sexual health is such a taboo subject. And then you have all these people putting out all these different wrong theories out there and people think crazy things. Um, So just hearing a lot of those misconceptions made me want to 
be able to educate people um, as a provider. All right. Hey, hey, uh, you know, you kind of touched on the subject that I um, I wanted to go down with. Uh, I wanted to go down that road with somebody else. But, uh, you know, hey, hey, I would love to have you back on just to address those uh, taboos in the, in the uh, black community. Because I know we have our own mindsets and um, and they probably need to be addressed. They do. So as a provider, I am just addressing them. One by one, but I do feel like I'm making a difference. Um, my patient population here where I work is a lot of minorities. So we we focus on population health, which is amazing. So That's good. All right. So you wanted to become an MP for the knowledge. Now, once you have become an uh, MP, you know, I would love to know, how was you able to balance your home life? You already said you had one your one um, child from um, earlier in your life. Uh, and then I'm sure, I'm sure life came knocking again. So, uh, you know, how did you manage all of those um, responsibilities while you was in NP school and then, you know, now? I was going crazy, Barry. <laughs> hey, you know what? A lot of women, uh, out of all the questions I asked, that's the one question they always want me to ask. How, how did she balance? You know, your guest balance going to, you know, going to nursing school and and home and being a wife and being a mom and all this kind of stuff. How do they manage it? So go ahead. Well, I mean, I would be lying if I said it was easy and I'd be lying if I say I didn't cry almost all the way through. But I think uh, making sure that before I started school, I had a place in my house where I could go for peace and quiet. So to start off, uh, you know, I had my one daughter when I graduated nursing school. The first time I ended up having another baby and getting married to my now husband. And he came with two children of his own. So in one year, I went from one child to four children. Yes. And then shortly after my son um, turned two, I went back to school. And yes, yeah, so I waited till he was two. But. My husband, we worked out like our finances uh, allowed me to drop down and work PRN. So that was good. I worked PRN. So I only worked like two days a week. Uh, and really, I just had to put school, of course, my family first, but like school came before work. So um, my husband was very patient with me. Um, I think work was the only thing that I was able to like actually man- like change. That was the only movable thing in my life. So I would work two days a week if I could. And then if I couldn't work two days a week, you know, I'd only work one day or whatever, but like we were able to make it, make the money work. We were broke for sure. Like it wasn't all glitz and glamor. I had to take out student loans. Um, I didn't go, you know, loan free like I did the first time around with school. I definitely had to take out loans, but I did what I had to do. I prayed a lot and definitely leaned on my family support. I utilized all resources that I could to be able to get through. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. I'm glad you shared the um the good and the bad when it came to uh you know sometimes people try to come on here and just show the glamorous life. Whenever you are in a stage of growth, it's some sacrifices that have to be made. Uh-huh. And uh for the grown and sexy folks, hey, hey, you know, things ain't gonna always look so glamorous. You know, you have to yeah. you have to go through the mud, so to speak, to uh to get there. Now, fast forward, we're gonna look into the future. 
five years from now, well, Miss Jasmine, what is she doing right now? Five years. Oh, you know, I hope I'm still working for the company that I'm working for now. I'm happy where I'm at. You know, I'm finally at a place of peace and happiness, Barry. I'd like to still be in this. What I'm living in now, that's what I want to be in. I started off my MP career um, wanting to own a company, wanting to own like a women's health clinic. And I still do. But I think it may come later than what I thought. I am at peace without chaos. As you can imagine, the past probably 10 years of my life have been complete chaos. I'm at peace. I'm going to be honest with you. I wish I could give you a hug right now so some of that peace can rub off on me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just being honest with you. Because I ain't never heard nobody say they they actually content. Sound like you content with where you at. And mm-hmm. you just, hey, you blew my shoes away because a lot of times, like, that's what you need to be. You need to be happy wherever you at and stop comparing, you know, your life to somebody else's or whatever the case is. So I'm so glad you said that. I'm I'm, I'm start living in today's time. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And that took time. Like, I had to go to therapy for that. Um, like I said, the last 10 years of my life have been chaotic. And my husband even said, like, You're never happy and not like I don't have happy moments. He means that like I could have everything in the world and I'm always like, this is not enough. And in some parts of my life, it worked out very well with my career and like, you know, with my kids and everything like that. Like it worked out well, but I was never living in the now. I was never totally feeling how blessed I actually was in the moment. And so this is the first time in my life where I've been like, Jasmine, you have the family, you have the dogs, you have the new big house, you have the car, you have the job, you have these things. What could you complain about? God provided you everything you asked for. Love it. Live in it. Live every day. So that's where I'm at. It's a time. I'm glad you said that. Cause hey, like I said, that's the reason why I was uh, running late today. Cause um I Brother Coleman, he needs some therapy too. So uh, anybody out there that need to get some off your chest, you, hey, if you need to seek some professional help, you know, don't be scared to uh, seek it because uh, everybody need help in one form or fashion. So mm-hmm. that's right. I'm glad I got a chance to interview you. You, you to taught me something tonight. All right. Hey. So Good. let's all. Uh, Get ready to wrap this on up. Uh, Give some advice to those that are listening in and they want to become a nurse. What's your words of advice? My words of advice are just going back to what I said, I think throughout the interview, just make sure that you network. Sometimes it ain't what you know. Sometimes it's who you know. uh, And that even though you probably heard it a million times in your life, it's so true. Another thing is that um, life's greatest achievements are those that at first seem impossible. So whatever you've put in your mind that isn't that you think is impossible for you to achieve, you know, set a, set that goal and make a game plan. You're never going to get to it, you know, if you don't shoot that shot first. 100% of shots not shot are missed, right? So just got to go for it, even if you think it's impossible. Something will come out of it. And I think the last thing that I want to leave you with is uh, one of my favorite quotes. Actually, my friend told me, this when I was in nursing school or when I was in MP school, she said, the greatest thing that comes from an achievement is not the achievement itself. 
but who you become in the process. So just all the changes that have come, welcome them. You're changing and growing as a person, even if your goals change a little bit along the way, just embrace everything that comes with it. And yeah, keep dreaming. That's all right. Well, hey, beautiful, beautiful. Hey, I, if I had uh, had a uh, little noise maker, I would have made the noise maker go off or something. Well, that was beautiful. Hey, thank you. So we're gonna get ready to wrap this up. I like to ask some uh, rapid fire questions at the end. Yeah. When you're driving in the Target, who you like to listen to on your radio? Uh, Sizzle. Sizzle. Oh, yeah. hold on. Give me give me Sizzle top song that you love. Uh, from her new album, I like uh, Low. It's called Low. Low? Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I like Sizzle. Hey, hold on. Now, you know, Sizzle, her, and uh, it's like one more, or uh, Jasmine. They All their music kind of kind of run together for me. Now, uh-huh. is, is Sizzle the one that, um, talking about Love on the Weekend or something like that? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. So I, I love Sizzle. I know, I know who you're talking about now. Okay. Okay then. So uh now, you know, I, I, I know um during this past pandemic, you know, you was extremely busy. But uh, you know, what are some things that you'd like to do in today's time for rel- relaxation? Um, I like to watch TV. It sounds I, I know people have like these elaborate like I go get a massage and da da da. I love watching TV. What's your favorite? I don't get to uh, right now it's Jenny in Georgia, but when it comes back on, do you watch Issa Rae stuff like uh, Insecure and Rap Shit? Rap Shit is probably one of my favorite shows ever. Okay, well, you know, I kind of like Lisa Rae already from the Players Club. You know, I, I had no. I'm talking about Issa Rae. Issa Rae, not oh, Lisa Rae. I like Issa Rae. I don't, Issa Rae. I don't know who that is. Oh Lord, Barry. Issa. I'm so mad at you. I, don't worry, I'm gonna look her up. I'm gonna look yeah. up this and uh find yeah. out what's going on with them. Okay, all right then. Now, name one thing you would tell your younger self. It's okay to be yourself. It's all gonna work out. I think that's yeah. It's all gonna work out. Okay. All right then. Name one nurse that should be on my show. And if you name them, you gotta help me give them. I think my sister. She'll have a very different look than maybe other people that you've interviewed because she's a chief nursing officer of an ambulatory care center in Virginia. She's in the military. So she has a very different nursing experience. She could give you, you know, some different depths for people who might want to become a CNO. Right. Her name's Tanisha. Tanisha Lindsay. I can send you her Insta info. Okay. Well, that's that's good. That's good. Now, um, would you like to give any shout outs on the show? I would like to shout out to Adrian, Adrian Hall. <laughs> uh, I think she connected us. So I appreciate her shouting me out to you and getting us connected. I had really fun with, or I had a lot of fun with this interview. Um, she's a great nurse and she's living her dream. I like to shout out Brianna, Nakia, and Marissa. They're my some of my other nurse friends. They are great. So yeah, just other black nurses. Okay. Hey, I'm going to be honest with you. Andrea Hall, her episode, I know it's probably top five of my, uh, on my uh, episodes. She always had a special place just because she was just so transparent. And then um, mm-hmm. it seemed like she was just, um, 
she ain't mind being herself, as you say. So um, yeah. the Danielle lady ain't, hey, I mean, hey, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm low-key jealous of her. That girl be living life, boy. Hey, living life. Living life, honey. I, I, I can't even say what I what I want to say, but I'm gonna keep it PG. I be like, where you where you get all that money from, girl? Hey, hey. I, I don't be- know. Maybe I'm budging around now, but her and her husband, I'm so proud of them. They are doing it up, and you know everything that I met Adrian when she was still a CNA. So everything that she went through, you know, she went through a storm before right, right. where she's at, and so. Right. You know, I'm, I just admire how she she got everything she she wanted and right. she did it her way. So I'm proud of her. Happy for her. I am. I am too. She it seems like she's a woman that's um on a journey and it's a up uphill climb. She's on a destiny. I would love to see her 70, 10 years from now and just see what she's doing. Just yeah. because I I just feel like she can she can do almost anything. I'm I used to be that uh, ambitious. I ain't that ambitious no more. I'm. I'm I'm, uh, I'm on the downhill slope, as they say. <laughs> Don't be saying that. Don't be saying hey, that. Are you? That's, that's how I feel sometimes. That's how I guess I be beat myself up. But um, hey, I, I'm gonna say this. I'm living through her. So, uh, Miss Hall, if you uh, if you hear this episode, hey, just know that hey, you got a bigger fan club than what you think. <laughs> that's right. And congratulations on everything. I right. told you before, but I tell you again on this podcast. There you go. So uh, we're going to go ahead and try to wrap this on up. To those that's uh, listening in, I want you to share this episode with your friends and family. And hey, you've been locked into another episode of Understanding the Nursing Game Podcast.